0: The Friday GAA Podcast, with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. A goal on here, goal chance for Conor mcgrath Surely give it in, Conor. Set. Oh! Woo! What a goal!
1: Mackey heading it towards the 21-metre line. It's Came back, still going. Banya, Banya. Goal is
0: on for catch! Oh, what
1: a goal! <laughs> I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take to to Throne!
2: If you look back in sporting history, you will see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly, but all we'll stuck in your mind are the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do
0: with that. To be quite honest, you know, I think it's a disgrace. Been a little Small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> Better look, said Dunavan, corner
2: back, wild It's on! 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 on! It's on! It's and then
1: there were three. Good afternoon. It is the Friday football podcast or Friday GAA podcast. It is football this weekend, though. Obviously, next Friday we'll be looking at the small ball. But there are only two games remaining, barring replays in the All Ireland Senior Football Championship. And what a game we have to look forward to this Sunday afternoon. Dave McIntyre with you here, joined at the house by Tommy. Hey, Tommy Rooney. Really good afternoon to you, sir. We're going to be chatting to Aaron Kernan about the game in a few minutes' time. And I just, I wish they got for about two weeks, Tommy, I've been saying, I wish the game was today.
0: I know, yeah, cannot wait for it.
1: It's just going to be epic. The sold-out signs have been up for about two and a half weeks. We haven't got the Dublin team yet. We have the Mayo team. We'll bring you the one change that they've made. It's barford Caniff. We'll talk about that and the significance of the various matchups in a few minutes' time. But before we go to Aaron and really get stuck into the semi-final, just a little word on one of the news stories of the week. It is the departure of Jason Ryan from Kildare after three years. One as a selector, one as the manager-in-chief. And it's... It's, I suppose, hard to analyse his impact there because he discussed the win over Cork as the standout moment, which it was. And I was at that game and there were great scenes afterwards, even though there were only about 4,500 people in Semple Stadium that evening. But surely his reign will be remembered for the fact that they suffered back-to-back relegations, didn't get remotely close to winning a Lencer title and suffered two of the biggest beatings in the county's history. It's harsh, but it's probably the facts. Is that not the case?
0: It's harsh and it's a pity. And when Ryan took on that job to start, like he was a, a fresh, talented young manager coming. Like he is, like he absolutely is. And it looked like there was a golden generation coming in, into Collaire at that time. You had the under 21 team and the minor team that had been on the scene coming through. And you had all those talented footballers Daniel Flynn and Sean Hurley and Paddy Brophy and Podge oh, Fogarty Kelly. and Niall Kelly was coming through. And you had Tommy Mulick and you had Paul Cribbin. Like that's an unbelievable group of talented footballers coming through at the one time. So. For different reasons, all them guys weren't there at the same time and they weren't, like he did his best to integrate them at different times but the turnover in footballers in Kildare over the last two or three years, like Ryan has gone through so many footballers. Derek Mulhall was a key man last year, not around this year. Like there's just, he he just, the relegations were kind of a reflection of, there was never really a... A settled team there in Galera, settled, a settled plan, they a settled. Seem to suffer from the hemorrhaging identity. of
1: players to the AFL yeah. in proportionate terms more than any other county.
0: There's a little pocket there in, in Johnstown Bridge that's yeah. that four, like it's <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? There's something in the water. It's it's, it's mad.
1: And they're big men. Obviously, they're yeah. they're the most athletic players around. That the that the AFL teams are obviously Absolutely. targeting and and huge even, losses.
0: Even Kevin Feely, who's is over playing soccer in England, his younger brother just talk of him going to the AFL and. Daniel Flynn's younger brother, I think, is there's talk of him as well, and like it's it's unbelievable how many players they're losing, and like we said, it with McGinni, like Kelleher didn't didn't achieve what they could have achieved with that team, but when when Ryan was taken over, like the, the McGinni team it was it was nearly time to to let that go, and he he tried to, but it, I think maybe there was just too much of a, the younger lads hadn't come on enough at the time, like there was too much of an in between there, like it, it was kind of. Jason Ryan's Kildare have kind of been lost for the last two years.
1: I guess it, there are positives for Kildare. You mentioned the minor team. You mentioned the twenty-one team that have won two of the last five Leinster championships, and of course the minors are in the All Ireland semi-final yeah. this weekend. They've won the Leinster championship this season, and they've a very good chance against Tipperary of making it through to an All Ireland minor final. So there are certainly good things being done at grassroots and underage level in Kildare. I'm sure Jason wants a break now because he has just when he once he puts his mind to something, he's so tunnel visioned everything goes into it yeah. and it was the case at Wexford it's it been, a long, case it's been a long time since it that hasn't been a long seven years for him I would think I'd say so I wonder what's next for him do you think he'll, he'll need a break and where do you think his managerial stock lies now if you compare it to the absolute zenith of getting Wexford to an All-Ireland semi-final to where he is now after those relegations and, and the defeat to Kerry obviously being his last game in charge
0: Look it'll take a little bit of a hit but like in the GAA there's plenty of managers that move, just move from county to county I think that Ryan if he gets the right job and the right crop of players, he'll do quite well. He's got ideas. He's 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 young. Um, he's done like he did well with with Wexford, and it was a, it was a good Wexford team. But like he he's shown potential. And Jason Ryan, if he doesn't get back into coaching in kind g of GA, it'll be a loss to GA because mm-hmm. you know we need guys like this taking over teams and their little bit of innovation. And some of his 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 decisions and his tactics and sitting in the stands watching games in Crow Park mightn't go down too well, but. You know, I hope Jason Ryan gets a, another job and another crack at it sometime because, you know, he's a very nice guy as well.
1: Maybe he'll take over the Waterford football or someday and manage his own native county. You
0: never know. he could do.
1: They might be inspired by him. and
0: Played in London maybe, for a while too, didn't
1: he? Yeah, patched together a couple of wins like I could do with them. It'd be yeah. interesting. Um, so Jason Ryan is no longer an inter-county manager. Obviously this weekend we've got the uh, new joint managers of Noam Kelly and... Pat Holmes up against Jim Gavin, who's in his third year as Dublin manager, in arguably one of the most fascinating All Ireland semi final matchups that we have had in many years. And to discuss it, we've got a player who's played in a couple of All Ireland semi finals himself, and indeed quarter finals, and won a few big to- trophies over the years. Now retired, Armaz Aaron Kernan. Good afternoon to you, sir. Uh,
2: lads, how's the form?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, Millionaire. Thanks for joining us. Um, listen, we wanted to get a neutral. Voice on this, we've got as, enough Mayo pundits uh, on off the ball as it is at the moment, so we thought we'd go north of the border to get your thoughts on it. Firstly, the fact that this game is sold out, and it looks like it's probably going to be the first sellout that we've had in the All Ireland Championship for for quite some time, and it didn't happen at all through last season. Overall, or maybe actually don't have Dublin dunny goal would have been, but overall, when you're looking forward to a game as a player. And you know the sellout signs have been up for like two and a half weeks that they have in this case. What does it do just for the general atmosphere around your, around the squad around training, or does it make any difference at all?
2: Okay, I think it does definitely. It's not something that the boys would be speaking about within their squads because I think they're experienced enough. But this is what you play football for. Um, you know, this is the ultimate uh, sellout, all-earn semi-final, uh, all-earn final, prize at stake. So just within themselves, the buzz. For your normal, all whole Ireland semi-final is great um, within your team or within your county. But the fact that I think it's it's the game that everyone has wanted to see as well. Um, I think the record over this past five years for both sides speak for itself. Um, they are the form teams in the country. Um, everyone sort of acknowledged that the best three teams in, in the country are now left standing. So it um, yeah, it's a it's a really really. Mount um, Water and Clash to be looking forward to. And I think th- the country is expecting a good open game of football. Both teams like to play attractive football. They like to be attack-minded. Um, but they have all the attributes that you need to be to be great Gaelic football teams and uh, that they play football the right way, but they play it with pace, power, flair. Um, we have scoring forwards. We have attacking half-backs. So you really have everything to look forward to, which is what has sort of caught everyone's imagination.
1: When I think of All-Ireland semi-finals that you were involved in, I mean, 2005 stands out like a sore thumb. It was just an epic game against Tyrone. The build-up was just incredible because it came on the back of an Ulster final at Croke Park that ended in a draw and they had to go through the replays. You guys met each other three times over the course of six weeks and there did seem to be a really healthy and maybe in some ways unhealthy rivalry between the two teams. Can they be extremely claustrophobic events All-Ireland semi-finals? I remember the Kerry... Mayo game in Limerick last year it was just like this cauldron it almost seemed like getting beyond the semi-final is a a bigger feat than maybe even winning the final itself because there is just so much to lose
0: even 2002 Dublin RMA another amazing
1: game obviously a bit before your time Aaron but I mean the general vibe around these kind of games these semi-finals what's it like?
2: Going back to that 2002 um, semi-final, surprisingly, like for me, that was an even better day than what the final was because the final itself, obviously, the whole country has access to it and tickets are shared out. You don't have the same number of supporters from the competing counties in it, um, but that game, for me, was just amazing. Um, I remember sitting in the lower Hogan stand and just the arm-ass support whenever they probably were really needed um, the last 10 minutes in order to get the team over the lane. I'll never forget... The hair was just standing on the back of your neck. Everyone was up on top of their seats, chatting and cheering. And um, obviously, the Dubs just bring that anywhere because they're, they're a great vocal support. Um, but for, from an Armagh point of view, it was very special. And uh, three years later, then the semi-final, um, while well, it's one that you probably don't like talking about um, because of the result. I've said it before, like the atmosphere that day on the field, you could feel the tension. Um, you just, you know, your, your normal day in Croke Park, even though it's such a big stadium and a big crowd, you feel isolated on the field and you're in your own wee bubble and everything's just happening. Um, but that day in particular, you could feel... What was happening? You could feel the tension and anxiety from the supporters, um, because it was just that close. And yeah, the the ravery at that stage was at its peak, um, which probably added to that there. But it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely, it was without doubt as a player the best atmosphere I was ever involved in. And unfortunately, that's not much good to you because I didn't get to an All Ireland, an All Ireland final off the back of it. But it definitely was. It was a huge occasion. And this weekend it's going to be the exact same. Um. From a male point of view, I don't really think that they have a major fear for uh for the Dubs. I think they've shown that um, a couple of times in all their semi-finals this past decade. So I think that's just all adding to it, that it really is a 50-50 game. Um, and everyone's just looking forward to seeing both teams shooting the out Yeah,
1: if you don't like talking about the 05 semi, I don't really like to talk about the 02 hmm. semi, but I was on the hill <laughs> watching... Uh... I can talk about that all day long. You <laughs> know, <please. laughs> I had a great view of Ray Cosgrove striking the post with that late free. Um, I want to ask you about the relevance of league games. And I assume normally players say, no, the league has gone, long gone. We're at the end of August now. So it's a farcical question to even suggest that something that might have happened in March can have an impact at the weekend. But just because Dublin went to Castle Bar and scored 218... And it's been talked about in some circles as one of the turning points for the new management team of of Holmes and Canelli. Was there any ever stage in your career where getting to this real business end of the season, like late July, early August, late August, that there was something that had happened earlier in the year that had any relevance at all? And if so, do you think Dublin scoring 218 in that game and really giving the Mayo defence something to think about will have a relevance this Sunday?
2: the only real relevance that that will have had is that like you said it was a wake-up call to the team themselves and to the management team and sometimes you learn a lot more from a defeat so they could possibly have been trying out stuff uh, that night trying maybe people in different positions and that there that didn't obviously didn't work uh, left themselves very badly exposed and they took a hammer in for it so I, I think it was maybe more from a male point of view they would have earned out a lot of things or maybe stuff that they had and maybe an inkling that we maybe give this a go this year, it would have been firmly put to bed on that night. Um, I don't think it's something that, I think well, the, the Dubs are too experienced, and I don't think it's something that Mayo are going to focus too much on at this stage, because they'll be more looking towards, I know they lost the All-Ireland Final narrative a couple of years ago, but um, they have taken the Dubs in, in semi-finals in recent years, whenever it hasn't been expected, and it's more league form, I think at this stage it's sort of irrelevant because the teams are just that experienced and, and that used to, to the big day and um, I think the one word that you see both of these teams in particular and you also you would see him and Chris Morris last week, all they talk about is performances um, and it's concentrating on what happens this weekend and putting in place uh, putting into action everything that they have worked on and I've absolutely know that that's all these boys are going to be worried about is making sure that each man performs to the max in their role and uh, the good thing about it is that both teams will feel if we play to our potential we'll win this game um, and that's why I think both of them will go on back themselves um, to just go out and go for it uh, there's no point in holding anything back at this stage because if you do you're only going to end up with regrets so I can't see that happening.
0: Aaron, um, Aidan O'Shea is one of the main talking points going into Sunday. Jim Gavin was talking during the week saying he's the best footballer in the country. Um, you know he scored an unbelievable goal, but Neil McGee did quite well in him, and it looks like Rory Carroll will be on him and not to go back to that league game too much. But O'Shea started full forward in that game, and Carroll kept him scoreless. Do you think he'll um? Do you think Mayo will target O'Shea the way they did the last day, launch a ball into him, or like will they will they try and target Dublin's full back line in that way again?
2: thing uh, the last time was, and, and what it's what I think makes Mayo just that bit more the plot, uh, harder to plot against this year was for the first 10 or 15 minutes against Donegal, obviously they had set plenty of numbers back that the route one ball wasn't on to uh, Aidan O'Shea, so they ran it. Now Lee Keegan ended up kicking the first two points of the game and Donald Vaughan kicked, uh, narrowly kicked the wide in the opposite side of the field, so what that actually done was, it put pressure on Donegal to then be drawn out Um, which left more space inside for longer ball to go in but you're right in saying Neil McGee actually won in the first half alone he won probably 50% of the ball that went in in a foot race between him and Aidan O'Shea Um, the goal then was obviously the turning point and that it was just right before half time and it was a killer blow probably to Donegal's confidence which then was further set back just after half time. But um, Aiden is definitely, he's definitely in rich-rich vein rich of form. He's extremely hard to to mark against. The fact that Jim Gavin's building him up, uh, or, or giving Kane compliments like that there, I think Mayo need to take that there with a pinch of salt because I think we all remember Aidan's performance against Donegal in the All Ireland quarter final yeah. ten years ago. Um he was being built up as footballer of the year and by the time it got to the All Ireland final um that year against the dubs, they completely negated his influence on the game. Um, you know, so it's you take that sort of stuff with a pinch of salt the only one thing and and I've actually seen a breakdown of it um, we all know how astute the dubs are and how in depth their background team go but I've seen one um, breakdown of Aidan O'Shea's movement and touches of the ball or influences yeah, too, on the yeah. game the last time and every single run that he made from full forward was to the left he never touched the ball on the right hand side of the field at all in the whole game uh, so you can be sure that if Dublin are going to have Keno O'Sullivan dropping back slightly in front of him, uh, Keno O'Sullivan, Royal Carroll are clubmates. they're going to be extremely well drilled. You just, if Keno O'Sullivan is dropping back, he drops back to the left because he's going to be in the path of Orede O'Shea is going to run every single time. Now maybe the male uh, backroom team have seen this and he's tried to change his runs but he, he was extremely predictable in that he just ran the one direction every single time and you can be sure that that's something that the Dublin backroom team will have picked up and, and it's something that they'll probably have worked on this past two weeks.
1: I'm sure, Aaron, they'll have watched the, the goal against Galway a number of times and, and or against Donegal rather. Donegal clearly had a sweeper. It was Mark McHugh and Dublin will likely have someone either in front or behind of Aidan O'Shea this Sunday. And I think, thought it was key that when the it, the defender only needs to get it wrong once. I mean, he can win 95% of the battles, but the game will ultimately turn on the fact that Aidan O'Shea got the goal. So if Dublin are looking at that and they're seeing Mark McHugh was swatted away once he got rid of Neil McGee, if you've Keane O'Sullivan there in place of Mark McHugh if he gets beyond Rory O'Carroll doesn't that make a huge difference as well that you've got an equally physical guy effectively having to do it on two occasions whereas it was always going to be a complete mismatch physically once McGee slipped and Mark McHugh was the last part of the defence before he got through on goal Yeah,
2: it it does indeed it it leaves them then um, that... Keno Sullivan, he's been a midfielder, he he's a big strong man, he's athletic. Um, the one thing that he just needs to do is possibly Mark McHugh he just mightn't have been in as good a position as what he needed to be, and that he was sort of scrambling in from the side a bit. Um Rory O'Carroll can have the confidence to go and attack a ball um once he knows that cover is there. Um, that's something that As club mates, they'll definitely have that bit more confidence with each other and it's something that they'll definitely have worked on. But uh, I think sometimes, just as that last man, the big thing with Aidan O'Shea scoring a goal is that psychologically it lifts the whole team and it lifts the whole crowd because he's the main man, whereas if you get that ball broke away or even if you can't win it cleanly um, or if you can't get a hand on it, maybe sometimes let him win it. And if you know that, say, Keno O'Sullivan and Roy O'Carroll the two of them there to bottle him up, he has nowhere really to go Bar pop it back out and concede a point. So I think it's more the, the full-back lane and whoever's uh, coming back to help them out. It's assessing the situation to see what's the most dangerous thing here. If we dive in and give away a goal, psychologically it lifts me. Or sometimes maybe... Let him win the ball, get him stopped, and turn him back out. That you're sometimes conceding a point mightn't be a bad thing because you see, just that one score, that one goal that he may get, it changes the whole outlook of the game from a Mayo point of view, and that it'll lift everyone around him then because he's the focal point for them inside.
0: Aaron, on the other end, Dear McConnelly is the man who's going to take the watching from Dublin. Just um, there's, like, there's talk he talking play full forward, but we don't know whether it's going to happen or not. Lee Keegan could well pick him up if you were playing on Sunday with number 5 in your back you're walking up to Connolly number 12 what would be going through your head this week how you'll deal with him
2: yeah, um, his his form and his, his ability is it's unquestionable but the one thing that uh, comes into this game was two years ago and I think Jammer's probably even come on to a different level from that their All-Ireland the final but as a half back, I looked at that contest really keenly and I have to say Lee Keegan, his aggression levels. Um, he stuck to Connolly like absolute glue that day. But the thing, big thing about him was he still went up the field and kicked. He kicked two points in play that day. Wherever I remember, I think Jemar maybe only kicked one. Yeah. Um, so he, he still, he didn't take away from what his actual strengths were. So you don't see
1: you don't see Lee Keegan being sacrificed if that's the role he has to play.
2: No, well he definitely didn't the last day. Now I would say he he never he never had his hand off Conley the whole day. Whenever they were without possession, he was touch tight completely, um, and was really focused on his role. But I have to say, once the opportunity come and mirror on the attack, he wasn't afraid to go forward. Uh, like say, he ended up, he went up and he kicked the pint, if I can remember right, off right hand left foot that day. Yeah. So he, he did still, he did still cut loose and um, and he added that extra dimension because the big thing here is you're asking me if I'm going over to Mark G. Emerald Conley. If I go over to Markham and I'm just saying, right, I just have to stay with him all day and I have the run around, he's dictating play to me. If I was Lee Keegan, uh, or I'm in my own position, I have to say, well, what is my strength as a player here? How can I trouble him? If I go over and I can see a gap and I break up the field and I kick a point or maybe I'm setting up play... I'm starting to dictate the game as well to Jeremy Connolly and I'm starting to put him in the back foot, or make him think, or have his half back name maybe shouting at him, "You need to pick this man up," you know. So it's not you just going and doing what Jeremy Connolly wants you to do or following him. I think Lee Keegan again, he's just, he's, he's without doubt the best wing half back in the country, but I think he still needs to to play to his strengths and what makes him who he is. Um, He can do the marking bit and he can uh, play with the aggression and intensity whenever Gemma's on the ball, but very much I think he still needs to do what makes him what it is. And that's whenever the opportunity comes, um, see the gap, go for it. And like I say, he's well adept at kicking points off either foot. So it would be foolish from his point of view to forget all about his strengths and just purely focus on an offensive job because he adds so much more to this Mayo team.
1: Aaron what's going to happen in behind them again I'm looking at Bernard Brogan and the positioning potentially of Barry Moore and he's been named at 13 we know that doesn't mean much but he was that sweeper in front of Michael Murphy against Donegal given that Dublin don't have that sort of same aerial threat do you see Barry Moore spending more time around midfield he just spent the kickouts in the midfield area against Donegal the rest of the game was sweeping in front of his own full back line where do you see Barry Moore in playing
2: he can't say I'm playing in the sweeper role for the simple reason just what you said is Dublin don't have that big physical presence that maybe a long ball is gonna be can in that he has to compete or sweep up on if he does go back and stands and plays that their role, I think you're absolutely playing in the Dublin's hands because you've given them that extra player out the field in order to run and always create the overlap. And there, there's no better team in the country at doing it than Dublin. So I can't see him. I can't see him staying inside in the full forward lane. Um, but I can't see him going back and standing in front of the full back lane because I think all you're doing is inviting um, Dublin's pace and power onto you. And, if that one man breaks out of the fence, which is generally Philly McMahon, we see how often he scores. But as he comes up the field unchallenged at pace, someone is always going to have to meet him. And worst-case scenario for me would be that one-year half-back, or so one of the men around the midfield, is that man to come and meet him, and the ball's popped over their head, and it leaves Paul Flynn, Jermyn Connolly, Kieran Kilkenny, Michael Darren McCauley racing through to kick points. That's that's not what Mayo wants, So that pressure needs to be on around the midfield or their half forward lane uh, in order to make sure that any ball that goes into the full forward lane, the Dublin full forward lane, is under pressure. It gives it gives the defence a 50-50 chance. Bernard Brugman's in super form again at the moment too. But all the defender wants is a chance, and the only way that he'll get a chance is if there's at least some sort of pressure on the ball that's coming in in front of him.
1: Tell me what about Bernard Brogan is he back to the best play that we saw from say two thousand and ten when he was football early or something close he's got five sixteen from play this summer and he's got two nine in two championship games against Mayo and was obviously the winning of the All Ireland two years ago when he got two three in the final
0: yeah, yeah he, sorry, going sorry Aaron even even in that final he he wasn't even even flying that day the two goals he got I think he's moving better this year he's looking better this year he's um He's, I don't think he's near the 2010 level at all. I don't think he's back there yet, but he, he's looking a lot better. He's a lot more of a threat than he was over the last two years, I think.
2: Aaron, what do you think about Burnett? have to agree with there. I don't think I think there's 2010 was that exceptional I think it's going to be very hard to replicate but I definitely see him getting better as the year goes on I think in the league like, uh, which was surprising a man of his ability and his experience he just looked like he was suffering a wee bit uh, of a dip in confidence but the more the summer has gone on the more we started to see uh, a true reflection of him and I think we've, we've noticed this past few years that he generally uh, he gets better as the season goes on they're going to need an absolute Absolutely huge game from them um, because I, I don't I don't think they've been getting the scores from player from the inside forward line that they're really going to need this weekend. You know they're going to need Dean Rock kicking in with possibly two or three points from player as well as you know he's he's obviously a superb free taker but they need more from him or Kevin McManaman or whether it's Alan Brogan or Connie the starts in the inside lane. Um, Every full forward lane that's going to win an All Ireland semi final or final, I think that you need to be getting the guts of 8 to 10 points from play from that there inside lane. And at the moment, uh, or Bernard is the man that's carrying the bulk of that score and threat. So um, it's probably similar on the opposite side of the field that it's, it's mainly um, Aidan O'Shea and Killian O'Connor that, that's doing the, the scoring from play on that side. But um, I think Bernard needs to just get a wee bit more help in there, particularly from player, um, from the men and say, you know, outside would that half-forward lane are scoring prolifically, um, but they might need a few more men and inside to carry that scoring burden with them.
1: And finally, Tom, I guess the other main question is, and you can't really discuss a huge game with Croke Park involving Dublin without mentioning Stephen Cluckson and the influence that he can have on the game. Daryl Shea wrote extensively about it during the week in his column in the, in the Irish Times. Will Mayo have a plan? Have they got the ability to stifle Cluckson for 70 minutes? Is Cluxon playing as well as he was say in 2011 and 2013? How do you see that panning out?
0: I'm sure Mayo will have a plan because Mayo will want the ball kicked down the middle. They'll want Tom Parsons. And maybe and that's Jamie what Barry O'Shea Moran is going to be. easy he You'll
1: have three or four guys there.
0: I think Mayo will dominate midfield. The ball. If Mayo, like Mayo's own kickouts, they should they should control that. Um, I don't think Bastic or McCauley will be like they're they're very good. midfielders is very strong, but I think Parsons. Not will ball winners. I think Parsons will say can dominate that and like, that's, that's key for me and if they haven't got a plan to stifle Cluxton, that's crazy because we all know how important Cluxton is to Dublin
1: So how do they do it Aaron? I guess they need the likes of Dermot O'Connor and Kevin McLaughlin Jason Doherty to just run the legs off themselves and make sure that every one of those avenues for the short kickouts to the Dublin half-forwards and the Dublin half-backs is shut down I guess that's the only way to do it and you just have to keep on it for the whole game
2: Yeah well, the, the, the thing that Mayo have um, to have the physical presence there uh, with obviously Aidan O'Shea, or, uh, Seamus O'Shea and Tom Parsons in the middle of the field but you throw in possibly Jammer O'Connor and Barry Moore and dropping out round there as well, they're full of four colossal men around the middle of the field who are well able to win their own ball but Dublin are looking at that and saying well, we can't afford to do this And everyone talks about Stephen Cluxton and his kickouts and restarts are unbelievable but We played a challenge game against St Vincent's a couple of weeks ago, and their their, uh, main goalkeeper, Michael Savage, is on the Dublin panel, so he wasn't taking part in it. But the goalkeeper, even they had in that night, was unbelievable. I don't think it's 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 a Dublin thing here. that We trade our best to push up them. Granted, it was only a challenge game, and we knew before the game what was going to happen, but they're so good at moving within their offence. I think they trust Stephen that much that the ball doesn't need to come to the middle of the field, that they will constantly keep moving and rotating and leave space somewhere that they have the confidence that they know he'll hit it and someone will run into it where a lot of defences just like to sit static because they don't want to lose their shape in case the ball goes astray and they leave themselves open. But um, Cluxton's restarts are just amazing. But I think the one thing that uh, Mayo have in their favour is look at the second half of the all Ireland final two years ago and they learned plenty from themselves at that stage because in that day Aidan O'Shea was going in as contender for football of the year um, but they knew that they couldn't afford to kick the ball out towards him so therefore they changed the whole thing up they've created spaces and they had men running onto it so that's a, that's a great template for Mayo to try and base how they're going to uh, better themselves this time around
1: yeah it's fascinating even just watching out of the amount of dummy runners that Dublin get off Cluxton's kickouts there's 4 or 5 guys making runs who who have absolutely no intention of actually getting the ball it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of selfless play that they come up with right time to put your cards on the table Aaron who's going to win the game and why uh,
2: I, I, said, I said a few weeks ago after the Connacht final that uh, I just felt that Mayo were I felt they were a better team uh, now than what they were last year um, for the simple reasons that obviously what Aidan now gives them inside and that it gives them the ability to run the game if needs be like they did the first 15-20 minutes against Donegal and kick points from the defence when their case comes or it opens up a bit they can then go route one. and then they showed in the quarter final against Donegal that they were prepared to drop a sweeper back in Barrymore, which they hadn't have done, done last year. And quite possibly, had they have done against Kerry last year, they could have made another all the final. So for that reason, uh, I, I think they're, they're better placed this year, um, which is why I've given them a very, very narrow tip. Um, the reason against maybe for Dublin is obviously they have the, the forwards and they have the the ability to kick um, high scores and that there but I just think that Mayo's conditioning and that there now they're the most suitable team
1: well we've lost Aaron there unfortunately but he's, he, he gave us plenty of time to uh, to give us his his uh, tip he's gone for Mayo and yeah. there aren't a huge amount of numbers that would be gone for Mayo if the Mayo were to win this on Sunday it's Dublin's third semi-final defeat in four years I mean that's a
0: that's huge it's, this Dublin team as well you know this is this is Dublin's greatest team ever probably you know Um, if they don't if they don't win three All-Irelands in this decade like this you'd have have looked at Dublin four years ago and said Dublin are going to be team of a decade so um,
1: like had they won last year it would have been three and four and they're a great team
0: I know I think somebody said last year on the show that it's going to be five in a row for Dublin (laughs) in the build up to that so um, I think I just think Mayo have a little bit of anger about them this year I actually think they're going to rise it from the Donegal game I think the Donegal game is a bit of a misrepresentation they weren't that good in that game a few things went their way the the goal was before half time it was huge Keegan's goal was a little bit lucky Um, I think Mayo will lift it again it's going to be an unbelievable game it's two phenomenal teams I'm good at that I don't have a ticket I know there's (laughs) loads of Mayo and Dublin people that are good at two but I'm good at two as an issue I don't have a ticket I'm not going to be there it's going to be absolutely fantastic
1: Well I won't rub it in by telling you I'll be watching from the commentary box Um, I don't want to call it because I can't Ah, Dave you've got to call it Honestly I I don't know who's going to win this I game. I said the
0: same thing this morning, but if you were to... If, if you had to...
1: absolutely gone to the head, I'd say a replay.
0: <laughs>
1: go home. I'm going to go for a replay. I think it's going to be a draw and the hype in the build-up to the replay will be incredible. Where we have the replay... It'll probably be Croke Park. They don't. I don't think they're going to have the same scheduling issues as, nah, they, as they had a year ago. It'll um, right? be pretty incredible. if It was in Thurlis or if it was in the Gaelic grounds, or somewhere else down the country. Yeah. Tommy, it's been great. Um, we've built it up nicely. I think we've whetted the appetites, and let's hope for the epic that we're expecting.
0: The Friday GAA Podcast, with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. A goal on here, goal chance for Conor bernie Surely give it in, Conor. Oh, what a goal. Mackey
1: nice. heading it towards the 21-metre line. It's Came back, still going. Bunya, bunya. Goal
0: is up for catch. Oh, what, what a goal. <laughs> I can't think
2: of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time
1: to take some to throw.
2: If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the Whingers and the Whiners are forgotten. The characters remember briefly, but will stick in your mind at the Champions League show car I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. It's a small change before the
0: game worth the street. <laughs> Better look, like oh, done it back. It's a wild effort on goals. Oh, it's on oh, the goal! Oh, 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 it's on oh, the, the oh goal! Oh, Equaliser! Oh, yeah. See on the coppers! Yeah. It might good, it might sound little soft.